I'm a publisher, and one day my daughter Christina asked me to write a novel with her. Well, that day was long ago, and that little girl is now an adult. But our novels live on. The Truth Seekers Mystery Series highlights a homeschool family, the Murphy Teens, in an action-adventure novel that is sure to entertain as well as teach creation truths. To get your copy, visit our website at truthseekersmysteryseries.com. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com and here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hey everyone and welcome. Is it end of the year for you? Well, in this episode, we're going to talk about some homeschool year-end shortcuts. This is episode 467 and you can find the show notes at vintagehomeschoolmoms.com. I also invite you to check out my website, MediaAngels.com, for curriculum, summer reading books for your kids, and so much more. I have lots of planners, some character planners that we did as a family with lots of great ideas for you. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and I am your host today. Well, are you ready for some homeschool year-end shortcuts? Maybe you're finished or you're getting ready to be finished with schooling and now is the time to show how much you've accomplished for the year. And I'm going to share with you some of my best kept year-end secrets. Well, everyone has a different way that they prepare for their end of the year. It could be with a big party, which I highly recommend. Uh, Sometimes we have a not back to school party at the beginning of the school year. We would go down to the beach and go out for ice cream and we would be celebrating that the next day was going to be our homeschool first day. But the year end had such a final ring to it. I don't know. I started dreading it and thinking about all the stuff I had to do and finishing up paperwork and looking over some of their work and it turned into a nightmare and finally I clued in and said, oh my gosh, what if I start keeping some samples of their work all year long? Well, then it was so much easier and it even morphed into the kids doing a memory book. So much of this depends on your state laws and how they require homeschoolers to report student progress. Some states take a less strict approach and others are more stringent. So be sure that you uh, check with your state guidelines. It also depends on whether or not you're using an online curriculum that reports grades and progress. But even so, it's important to highlight your children's school year and have some work samples that you can put together and put in what we call a portfolio. You can do it if they're younger without their help. And if they are older, definitely with their help and having them participate in it. Because it's amazing. I would want to take a test sample or a writing sample and use that in the portfolio. And the kids were like, no, 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 use this one instead. So it was great to get their feedback. 
I have a replay on yearly evaluations, and that is a link that's in the show notes. You can go to uh, the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network and look for um, yearly evaluations, and you can find that show there. And that has more information on the end of the school year. Well, uh, as usual, I like to ask a lot of questions, and so that way I can clarify things in my head. And here are some questions to ask before you dig in. What are my homeschool state requirements? You know, how will I fulfill this with the end of the year report or summary? The second is, are my children required to take the standardized test? Can the ACT or SAT fill this requirement? We did that in high school. The kids had their standardized tests, and I could have actually submitted those, and instead I decided to do a portfolio and hire a teacher, because I I was a teacher, but I couldn't do it myself. It needs to be someone who has a current license and can sign off of it in Florida. That's one of our requirements. And so I would put together a portfolio of the kids' work, and it helped them and myself see how much we had accomplished through the years. I'm going to tell you some years we weren't as thrilled with our accomplishments, which made us work harder the next year. And that was really helpful. The third is what type of progress report or portfolios do you need? Usually it's samples of the child's work in each subject area. And what am I going to compile? The fourth is what is missing? Is there a subject you were supposed to do that didn't uh, you didn't do? Were there some extracurricular things you'd like to include? Those are all good things. And the fifth is, do I have my child's reading list for the year? That was something that we needed to keep. And this includes textbooks, workbooks, and other curriculum guides, as well as books that were assigned or were read to um, to the children as a family. So how do you keep track of this progress? Well, one of the best ways is to have a three-ring notebook and start filling it up. You can do subject grade divisions. You can just um, put some, um, The I, my favorites are all the little office supplies and those little sticky tabs that you can write on and you can erase. Um, so you can use those and just sticky tab the, um, you know, first of the math samples and so forth. I loved to have a portfolio each year. And sometimes people I've heard have just had one master one that they add to each year, which is great. It's wonderful to create new ones each year to keep as a sample or and you know of their work. And then also to have a master portfolio where you can take out just the best of the best and put that in there. You know, doing it during your school year is a plus because it cuts out the mess of trying to create it at the end of the year. And one way that makes this painless is a memory keepsake that I'm going to share with you that my kids did, and it was so much fun. So the best ideas really are to have a list of what you're going to put into this portfolio. One of the things we had to keep were the days that we homeschooled as well as the hours. So I would have a calendar and I would have like a five or a four or whatever the amount of hours were on the days that we schooled. I would block out, I'd have blank calendars and I would print out, you know, our school year worth of calendars for each month. And then I would block out the days that we were going to be taking off. Sometimes this had to change, you know, if we didn't take off or we had makeup days. So you know, don't worry about it being perfectly exact as long as, you know, it's it's in your portfolio. I also started keeping track of awards and different things that the kids did. A lot of times those go 
you know, unnoticed because you're homeschooling and, you know, it's not in front of a huge class, but it's always important if your kids are doing something extremely well or, you know, they, they've entered a contest or whatever that is, um, you know, maybe they have, there's a speech group and, you know, everyone takes turns doing uh, speeches and there's little awards at the end of that. Whatever that is, keep track of those. And the other is the reading list. And this would be a personal reading list, something that the kids are reading on their own or even, you know, picture books for the little, little ones. The fourth are special projects such as science fairs or history fairs. You can have samples of what the kids did, you know, their work and so forth. The fifth are art projects or samples and pictures of artwork. Sometimes you can't put artwork into a portfolio, but you can definitely take pictures and highlight that. You can do a ton of stuff with slip sheets. I love the clear slip sheets and I use those a lot for different things. Uh, the next is chapter tests or summaries. Sometimes I wouldn't, I'd look at the chapter test and I, or the questions and I'd say, oh, I don't want the kids to do all this busy work. So I would look at that and I would say to the children, summarize for me in a page with four, at least four paragraphs, what this chapter was about and what the highlights were. And I felt like they learned so much more. I did that with book reports as well. I didn't have you know, I, sometimes I use forms, sometimes, some years I didn't, but I think that um, telling me about the book in their own words without giving things away and kind of giving them an example of what you want is important. The seventh is reports. You know, if you're giving book reports or subject-related reports, have those in there if you're not going to do chapter tests. The eighth is samples of quizzes. So if you do give quizzes, you want to put those in there. And, you know, again, not every single one. It can be, you know, samples of the year. And the ninth is any kind of clubs or sports. Pick, take a picture of them when they're in their little uniforms and have that in there. You know, write down, have the kids write down what positions they played and when they practice and things like that. You know, you as my kids said, you could turn anything into school mom and you normally did. I always had them write things up or make a little book or something um, about what they did. And the 10th is hobbies and accomplishments. Again, Sometimes we forget, you know, my daughter won a first place ribbon in 4-H for sewing and she likes to dabble in sewing and she can sew, but that was so wonderful. We totally didn't expect it because she got that from that gene from my mom and not from me. And then I was talking to you about the homeschool memory keepsakes. Well, with the memory keepsake, it's the things that the children um, are, you know, wanting to remember. So a special ribbon or a picture or a trophy or something that they can put into a book or something that they can write about. There are so many really cool little scrapbooks out there. And that's what I did. I found them on sale, you know, 50 cents when they were discounted. And I just um, use those. And a lot of times they have little cutouts and things. They're really pretty. And the kids can just add to those. And again, it's just a fun thing and it's a keepsake. And if you keep track of the pro progress throughout the year, it's so much easier and it's so much more fun. So here's a list of really quick shortcuts. Uh, the first is to gather completed work samples weekly or at least monthly. Put that on your calendar, set a reminder on your phone and just do it. It'll be You'll be thanking me at the end of the year. If you don't want to 
put it in a, in a notebook right away. You can actually keep a file folder and just put math on it in each of the subjects and just stick some samples in there. If you, if you do this, then what you can do at the end of the year and you're putting it together if you haven't done it throughout the year is you can just select a few things that you want and not all of them. The second is to enlist the children's help. Have them tell you, mom, I want to keep this paper or this is a special lesson for me and that will help. The third is use the best sample from different subjects, a minimum of 12, at least one or two per month. I know we don't school 12 months out of the year, but if you say you're going to use 12, then you'll have the perfect amount of months. Um, And maybe you do school all year long. So just make sure that you have at least 12 per subject. The fourth is use samples from beginning, middle, and end of the year. And I had a podcast I did on that as well, um, you know, beginning of the year evaluations where I would look at things and decide what I was going to teach that year, the middle of the year evaluation, which was like, okay, let's check to see if we're on track, and then the end of the year evaluations. And that was so helpful to me to do that. The fifth is make a plan to document special events. Get a a folder out and make sure that you have a paper in there, staple it to the folder, and then just jot things down as they happen. The sixth is create calendars that you can use to jot down memorable events. You can do this digitally, but if you do, print it out. You know, I know we have so many things on our phones that we never look at again, but this is important. And the seven is, seventh is if you have tests or grades, um, which is optional in most states, um, this needs to be kept up with. And then that can be added to uh, your end of the year list. And then the eighth is keep track of homeschooling days um, each week or monthly. Um, if you were like me, you planned it out ahead at the beginning of the year and it was so much easier. The ninth is use pictures whenever possible. I mean, the kids can draw pictures if they want, that's fine. And the 10th is to stop and evaluate. What did you forget? What should you have added? Was there a subject that you wish you had done more for? Is there a subject you went overkill and did too much of? Uh, So you can look at those things and just see what you want to tweak for next year. Sometimes it's unavoidable and you leave things to the last minute and it can't be helped. If this is the case, don't panic. Use copies of your child's best work and put together a reasonable timeline of accomplishments. This can include extracurricular activity as well as some of the books that they've read. And for many years, I assigned the children reports based on field trips. Remember I said they said, Mom, you can make anything into school? Um, Well, this was one of the ways that I knew they were paying attention on a field trip. And also, I tied it into schoolwork. And they were able to practice their writing and spelling skills. One year, the kids made little books of all of our activities. And it was so much fun because we still have them now. You know, I have pictures of my son catching fish in the Keys. And he wrote a little story. He couldn't write and spell at that time because he was little. So he dictated it to me and I wrote it for him. But again, it's a keepsake that he has. And I love the idea of keeping a yearly memory book or portfolio because it shows you that yes, Look at how much you did during the school year. And if you haven't, not to worry. There's always next year. I believe if your children are working to their ability, even if it doesn't fit into some academic plan that someone else has decided a kid needs to know for this grade, it's okay. I had the gamut. I had struggling learners. I had kids who were gifted. I had struggling learners who were gifted. This is one of the bonuses of homeschooling. 
It helps to allow your kids to succeed in a safe and loving and encouraging moms and dads environment. Encourage your children daily. And believe me, I know how hard it is. After five children who completed their homeschooling journey successfully, I'm happy to report they are now well-adjusted and thriving adults. All of those times I worried about spelling or they didn't get their math done or where the heck is that math notebook or workbook and if I had a penny for every time you lost it, I'd be rich. I realize now that there wasn't so much I needed to worry about. Enjoy your children, your homeschool journey. Hug your kids daily and tell them how much you love them. I'm sure you do. Take care. God bless. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and TheVintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.